Thank you for listening to Sermon Audio from Hill City Church in Springfield, Missouri. We are a community of believers who exist to glorify God by making disciples who bring gospel restoration to our city and world. For more information about Hill City or to support our ministry, you can find us online at hillcitysgf.org. Okay. Hosea chapter 2, 1-10. through 10. Say to your brothers, you are my people, and to your sisters, you have received mercy. Plead with your mother, plead, for she is not my wife, and I am not her husband. That she put away her whoring from her face, and her adultery from between her breasts, lest I strip her naked, and make her as in the day she was born, and make her like a wilderness, and make her like a parched land, and kill her with thirst. Upon her children also I will have no mercy." because they are children of whoredom. For their mother has played the whore. She who conceived them has acted shamefully. For she said, I will go after my lovers, who give me my bread and my water, my wool and my flax, my oil and my drink. Therefore, I will hedge up her way with thorns, and I will build a wall against her, so that she cannot find her paths. She shall pursue her lovers, but not overtake them. And she shall seek them, but she shall not find them. Then she shall say, I will go and return to my first husband, for it was better for me then than now. And she did not know that it was I who gave her the grain, the wine, and the oil, and who lavished on her silver and gold, which they used for Baal. Therefore, I will take back my grain in its time, and my wine in its season, and I will take away my wool and my flax, which were to cover her nakedness. Now I will uncover her lewdness in the sight of her lovers, and no one shall rescue her out of my hand. Everyone encouraged this morning? Nice chipper passage of scripture. If if you're new to church, you're like, this is why I don't come to church. They're just a cult, and that's weird. Um, Let me make sense of this, okay? So if you're with us today and you weren't here last week, you're jumping into uh, episode two of our Netflix series called The Book of Hosea, okay? So there's a story that's happened before this, and the book of Hosea that we're studying, we'll be in it for six weeks, follows the story, the life of a man named Hosea, who is the prophet to Israel, okay? Now, Israel, the Hebrew people, or God's chosen people. And if you remember last week, if you weren't here last week, listen to the podcast from, from last week. It'll help you understand what's going on. But God had made a covenant with Israel that he would be their God and they would be his people. But over the years, Israel has had a civil war. And so the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom have broke apart. Hosea is the prophet called to bring the northern kingdom of Israel back to God. But they want nothing to do with God. At this point in their history, they are worshiping other gods. They are sacrificing babies to pagan gods. It's not like Israel's like saying a few naughty words or something. Like they are all out evil rebellion against God. And Hosea is the prophet that God has sent to call them back to himself. Call call them back to their marriage with God. And the way God will do this is he will use Hosea's story as a living example of what's happening. And so the book of Hosea follows a story with Hosea and his wife named Gomer. But their story that we'll see and we're going to follow is meant to propel you into a bigger story. Of God and Israel and, and really of God and humanity, of you. So as we continue the story of Hosea, I think you may find yourself 
in this story. I know I find myself here. So in chapter 1, Hosea marries Gomer. They have a wedding. They make vows to one another. They covenant their love. But Gomer has started having affairs and sleeping with other men. And that's where we left last week with Hosea being broken at finding out his wife has begun to chase after lovers. And that's where we pick up the story in chapter 2. So look at verse 2. So he says, well, in verse 1 he says, Say to your brothers, so he's talking to his children here, which it's assumed they're, they're grown up at, at some level. Verse 2, plead with your mother, plead, for she is not my wife, and I am not her husband. So here's what's happened since, la- since episode one last week, is not only has Gomer decided to start having affairs, but she has left Hosea, completely left him, so much that he is not around her, and so therefore he has to go to her children, to their children, and say, will you please deliver a message to my wife, to Gomer? And here's his message. She is not my wife, and I am not her husband. Now, it's easy to look at this right now and be like, okay, what is that? Like what happened, you know, last week we talked about, I used this stage to symbolize a a wedding. And I said that Hosea looked over here to Gomer and said, I'll love you till death do us part. And Gomer looked at Hosea and said the same thing. And now Hosea is saying She is not my wife, and I am not her husband. Here's what has happened. It's not like Gomer has had an affair, regrets it, is saying like, hey, can we work this out? I want to come back. She has said to him, I don't want you anymore. We are finished. And so as that reality sank into Hosea, he finally came to a place in his life where he had to say to her, okay, I'm not your husband. You're not my wife. Heavy. And, and this, this series is not about divorce at all, although divorce is a theme in this. But some of you know the pain of this. I have walked with some of you through your spouse leaving you. The sense of um, powerlessness of like, I, I can't do anything. They want to go. I, I can't make them stay. It's devastating. Some of you feel this. I was talking to someone in between that's walked through that, and he's like, man, this, this series, it brings, up, it brings up the memories. And that's what Hosea is going through. And so he sends word to Gomer, you are now not my wife. So here's what Hosea is going to do. He is going to completely cut her off. He is going to cancel the credit cards. He's going to change the locks on the house. He's going to cancel her insurance. He's going to cut off the phone. He's going to do everything to communicate to her. You can't go and just do that, but think I'm going to support you in it. He completely cuts it off. Now, lest you think this is harsh, we've got to understand this is, this is thousands of years ago, ancient world. Women in this day were about one step above property. That's just the reality. All of the people in Israel would have looked at Hosea and Gomer's situation and thought, and, and thought of Hosea, you need to do what the law says, which is have her killed. 
Hosea has every right, according to ancient law, to kill her because she is considered his property. Now, I'm glad we're not still there in those days. But he decides to go beyond the law and begin to plead with her to return. Now, remember, the story of Hosea and Gomer, it's meant to propel you into a deeper story. And so here's the reality. Israel has now said to God, we don't want you. As a matter of fact, they have changed their name from Israel, which is the name God gave them, and they call themselves now Ephraim. You'll see that in the book of Hosea. They have completely denounced God, worshiping the God Baal, sacrificing babies to the God Baal. It had become very bad. And so what God is doing through Hosea is he is communicating to Israel, you have broken the vow, you have walked away, and I am not your husband anymore. Now, that doesn't seem very loving, does it? But God wants them to feel, wants Israel to feel, and Hosea wants Gomer to feel. What happens when you leave covenant love? So in the Jewish tradition, this is a Jewish prayer shawl. You guys have seen this before. If you've been around. I've, I've used this for different lessons. And I brought my lovely college residents out here for this. Thank you. So at a Jewish wedding... Traditionally, you would have a couple of people hold this or there would be some poles, but I just didn't want to build anything this week. So you guys will work. Um, have fun with that. All right, so I'm going to stand over here for a minute. Just stay there if you will. So they would hold this shawl up. Now this prayer shawl represents God's protection over a marriage. And so a Jewish couple would stand underneath this prayer shawl just like this. They would look at one another. I should have brought my wife up for this. We can just renew our vows underneath this thing. Um, and they would covenant their love to one another and join together. And this represents the protection of God inside covenant love. Like in covenant marriage, there's freedom. There's freedom to pursue one another, to love one another, to have sex with one another, to get passionate. Like all of this is inside this covenant love. It's welcomed, it's, it's invited, it's celebrated, it's treasured. The understanding is that protection is here. Now Israel stood underneath something like this, representative, to commit their, covenant their relationship to God. But here's what's happened in the story of Israel. They have left covenant love. They have walked away from God's protective covering over them. Gomer has walked away from God's protective covering. These two were whining that their arms got tired last hour. He's sucking up, buttercup. Good grief. If anyone wants a college resident job, we have two openings. Can't suck it up. So Gomer, she's left Hosea's protection. Now, one of the things, even in our culture, um, women are, can be very vulnerable in their own, in our culture. But our culture compares nothing to the ancient world. A woman on her own in the ancient world is, one of, is maybe the most dangerous, in, in the most dangerous situation possible. There are no protections for her. There are no 
nonprofits to walk alongside her. She is out and she is vulnerable. If you ever read the story of Ruth in your Bible, you will see what it's like for a woman on her own outside of covenant love. It's very dangerous. But she has chosen to walk away. She's chosen to walk away from him. And so he announces to her, since you have chosen to walk away, my protection is no longer over you. And that's what God's telling Israel. We find this in Hosea 7 as as he writes to Israel. Here's what God says, Woe to them, for they have strayed from me. Destruction to them, for they have rebelled against me. I would redeem them, meaning I would bring them back under and, and marry them again, but they speak lies against me. They do not cry to me from the heart. They wail upon their beds for grain and wine, and they gash themselves. They rebel against me. Here's what God says to Israel. They don't want me anymore. They have left covenant love. Now, this may sound harsh, these words, but here's what I believe. I believe this is not harsh words of wrath and vengeance. I believe this is love. And sometimes, parents, you know this, allowing the consequences to be felt is the most loving thing to do. As part of this series, we have, a, we have a short film that we're going to watch each week that helps tell the story. We introduced the first part last week that shows a modern telling of the story of Hosea. Let's watch part two, and then we'll keep going. So all hope seems lost as Gomer is gone. And Hosea announces, it appears our marriage is over. Verse five. For their mother has played the whore. One of the things the Bible, I told you last week, is not shy about naming truth. She who conceived them has acted shamefully, for she said, quote, I will go after my lovers who gave me bread and water, my wool and my flax, my oil and my drink. When you see that word, I will go after. Here's what I want to make sure you don't understand. Or you understand. It's not that Gomer has had an affair, regrets it. It's like, oh, I'm working through this. She, there's this like settled determination there. I will go after. It is a decision that I will leave. I don't care about covenant love. I am out. She says, I'll go after my lovers because they give me all this stuff. They make me feel good. They, they give me what I, what I want. They give me everything that I think I need. Here's what you have to understand in trying to clear up these misconceptions in the church. When we chase after other lovers, and I don't know what your lovers are. Maybe they are literally lovers. Maybe, they, maybe it's success that you've chased after and tried to get success. Maybe it's a relationship. I, I don't know what you've chased. We've all chased something. One of the things we must understand is in our chasing and in her chasing, her desires are not wrong. Her desires for wool and for flax and for wine, and all of those are blessings of God, and all of those are blessings of covenant marriage, of covenant love. Her desires aren't wrong. The problem is when desires, which are good, get twisted, that becomes lust. And not just sexual lust, just any type of lust. And that's when we take a desire that's good and we make it ultimate and say, this will fix me. 
Your desire is good, but making a desire ultimate is what's broken. And chasing after that to try to fill some hole is what is broken, and you will feel the brokenness. I've felt the brokenness of it. Everything she wants is offered her in covenant love. Hosea keeps going, verse 8. She did not know, Hosea says, that it was I who gave her the grain and the wine and the oil and who lavished on her silver and gold, which they used for Baal. Now he's talking about Israel. Therefore, I will take back my grain in its time, and I will take back my wine And I will take away my wool and my flax, which were to cover her nakedness. Now I will uncover her lewdness in the sight of her lovers. And no one shall rescue her out of my hand. Now, I want you to see, to make sure we understand, God here and Hosea are not passively just like, well, she left. God is going to actively allow his bride, Israel, to feel the weight of chasing her lovers. Look what he says. I will take back my grain. I will take, a, take away my wool and my flax. I will uncover her lewdness in the sight of her lovers. No one shall take her out of my hand. God is going to take an active role in his bride feeling the weight of her decision. Now, here's the question you're asking. How is that love? Basically, God is saying, I will, dest- I w- I will crush them. Here's how I'd argue that's love. Because you might read that and say, boy, the wrath of God is after them. I, I, here's what I might say. The wrath of God would be to let them go and keep blessing them in their rebellion. Right? That she chases her lovers and she catches them and they, and they make her heart come alive and it's in happy ending That would be the wrath of God. The love of God is that he will break her. He will break her to bring her back to himself. Destruction is not the goal. Redemption is the goal. Did you hear that? I don't know know what you believe about God. Destruction is not the goal. It's redemption. Here's what we believe at Hill City. We teach it a lot. That God is a giver of good things. That all of the commandments that he is giving you in his word are for your good and out of an act of his love. Young people, I, I know like, you're struggling through lots of stuff here. God doesn't give you commandments because he likes to watch you suffer. He just doesn't. We believe he gives you those because he's good and that's protection of covenant love. Here's what the voice of evil would say. He said it in Genesis 3. Did God actually say, right? To take a good thing of God, a good, and to make it ultimate and feel like God's trying to take something good from you, the voice of evil would say, did God actually say not to whatever? It's because God doesn't love you. Here's what we believe at Hill City. God's a giver of good things. Jesus said this in John 10.10, the thief... Evil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his job. But Jesus says, I come to give you life and life abundantly. See, the lovers of Gomer have come to take from her. And they are going to take a lot. Hosea is coming to give to her. 
but he's going to let her feel it with the goal of bringing her back. I was talking with a young man a few years ago, gosh, six, seven years ago, and he came to my office to meet, to meet with me because he wanted to leave his newly married wife. He wanted to walk away and divorce her because he said, I'm just not very happy. And he came in, she, she had done nothing. He came in to talk with me and another pastor, hoping that we would give him justification. Well, yeah, you need to be happy, buddy. Well, we didn't. <laughs> and we had a long conversation about what he was choosing to do. And at the end, we said, hey, can we pray for you? He's like, yeah. And he was probably anticipating this like, oh, God, we just pray for it. Here was our prayer. Quote, God, I pray you crush him. That's an awkward prayer meeting, I'll just tell you. We pray you crush him. That he feels the weight of the choice he's making. But God, we pray you spare his life and you bring him back. That's the prayer of Hosea. God, crush her. And you can imagine the pain in him praying that prayer with the goal of redemption. In verse 7 of chapter 2, he says this. After he says, I'll, you know, I'll let her go and I'll crush her, then she will say, I will go and return to my first husband, for it was better for me than now. The goal of God's discipline is always redemption, not wrath. Where's the story find you today? So the story of Gomer is, is our story. You and I, the story of our life is, is, is it not chasing after other lovers? Anyone? That's the story, right? Relationships, sex, success, control, like chasing after something, looking to satisfy a deeper need. And we could tell you, and I love we have so many young people, because you've got, to, you've got to hear this message. I could bring up several adults on the stage for the next three hours. They could tell you where it got them. Any adults in the audience? They can tell you where it got them. That the lure of evil is, this, was, this will satisfy you. This is so good. If you just had this. And our story is, me too. It's like, okay, yeah, and we've chased it. And some of you are here and you've chased it and you've felt the crushing weight. Some of you are here and you're chasing and you haven't felt it yet. But can I, like, the most loving way to, I can tell you that you will feel it. You will feel it. And I want you to hear the invitation of God today to say you don't have to chase it. Everything you want out there, you will find right here. Everything. Everything you're looking for is offered to you in covenant love. I absolutely love my job. And not, I, I like this. My favorite part of my job is sitting across from you all and getting to hear your stories. And every week, having people come in and, and getting to sit down. Emily and I do it a lot as a couple or me one-on-one. -on -one, like just hearing your stories and hearing your stories of brokenness. Like People ask me, like, do you get exhausted hearing this and sometimes I get tired but I love it 
You know why? I sit across on someone and they're unpacking like, I, I just got caught. I just screwed up my life. I just did this. And I just get a big smile on my face, which kind of freaks them out at first. Because here's what I know. Brokenness precedes redemption. It's true. I've been doing this long enough. Brokenness precedes redemption. So when they unpack, like, could, you don't know who I am. Here's the reality of my life. I look at them and I say, you've probably never been as close to God as you are right now. Because you're finally at the place where you've realized and confessed, I have chased after lovers. See, if you grew up in church, you learned to hide that fact. <laughs> and therefore, not be open to the work of redemption. The best place you can be is crushed by your sin and feeling it. Because that is the work of God to begin to allure your heart back to Him. Brokenness precedes redemption. I don't know what your story is. Some of you have chased it and come up empty and you, and you crawled in here with a black eye. It's exactly where you need to be. And you are not that far off. You might be right where God needs you to be to see a huge work in your life. Some of you are chasing. Some of you are new to campus. And boy, the lovers are there and they're going to call you to chase them. May you hear the tender words of God today that they will not give you what you think they will give you. That you may say, quote, I will go and return to my husband, for it was better for me than now. So that's part two. I'm not going to tell you what happens. You'll have to come back next week for part three. Let's pray together.